Dongtini, episode number 106. On today's show, the ladies discuss mental health, third world outreach, and the Wu-Tang Wiener Saga. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I've been dong mostly mostly okay today until I got do the bot man stuck in my head about 20 oh minutes ago. Oh my god, everybody back and forth and side to side. Do side the to man. side, do the bot man, do the bot man. We lived He's in a building that had... <laughs> We had an elevator made by a company called Bartman. It was this building we lived in that was in the 60s. It drove us crazy every time we got in. It was in my head constantly. Wow. Did you, were you into it at the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like 25. Like, I, <laughs> this is me and David, like, living in a building. So oh, I totally oh, no, knew no, the no, no, no. Right, right, but not when it was a hit. But I mean, like, when oh, the song yeah. was a hit, like, in 1991. Um, yeah, I, I think I secretly was. Thing. I was, like, 16 in 1991. Yeah. And I think I was, yeah. like, on the down low, like, yeah, Bartman. But I wouldn't go around saying that I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was still okay for me to like it. My sister had the the Kessingle. And, um, <laughs> <Kessingle>. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I just thought I thought the video was great, and I just thought it was just—I just thought, it was so I thought awesome. the video I was like, great. <laughs> yeah, I liked when they did that do, and their like fingers would wiggle. Like, yeah. <laughs> does anyone know what I'm talking about? But yeah, so I was just like so into that song. But now, like getting it in my head is like a—it's kind of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's still it still there. It didn't last the test of time. So I'm, I'm not sure because I've been talking to you, but when I was just like futzing around preparing for the show, getting a snack and feeding the cats, it's just been uh, been uh, stuck in my head. The part what was stuck in my the part that stuck in my head was um, Lisa likes jazz. She's the number one fan. But you know I'm bad because I do the part, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part that was on loop. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so not great. But um, anyway, so I so I want to mention one thing from last week's episode. Any Sopranos fans would have caught, you know, if you didn't know, not familiar with the Sopranos, maybe you didn't know that that was the theme song or whatever. But I don't know how many people left there are that don't know that. But anyway, but that that clip that I got where Carmela's talking about Meadow stepping in wet bread, I just happened to hear that because Greg and I rewatching the series, and it was in the episode we watched the night before I was planning to edit the show. So I was just like. <gasps> And so yeah, I totally <laughs> meant to recorded be. it and included it. I was just like, I just couldn't believe the timing. Like it was just shocking anyway to hear a wet bread reference, but that it was the day before I was going to edit a show that had a wet bread reference was just too too. Perfect. That is so, weird. Yeah. Um, is it yeah. streaming? No, no, no. We're okay. just getting the discs Crap. coming one at a time. So yeah, I know. Such a drag, especially if we don't time it right. And like we had had it so that we watched them all so quickly that we like sent them back on like a Friday, so it wasn't gonna get here till the following Monday or Tuesday. It was just like, oh my god. <laughs> so because we're really in the swing of it. But season one is actually quite hard to watch. Yeah. We thought we couldn't even get through it. Like it's not good. Huh. Like in retrospect. Yeah. But once it once it kicked into season two, it's just been smooth sailing. So we're in season four now. So. 
so good. Except for this episode that that you know how when uh, Michael Imperio when when the character of Christopher is like trying to write a script uh-huh. and it's really bad. Yeah. And then there's like a couple of episodes that were written by Michael Imperioli <laughs> and those are like as if Christopher wrote them. They're so bad. <laughs> are you serious in real life? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In real life they're really bad. Not bad in the same way, but they're bad. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. So Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, a friend of mine from Australia, Carly, um, she was getting married in Vegas. So of all the like our high school people, I was the only one who got to go <laughs> because oh. it was actually like for me, the everyone that was there, they were all from Australia, like her parents and friends. Um, I think some other people come from Scotland. So for me, um, I had the shortest commute to this 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 wedding yeah, <laughs> because I already lived did. in LA. So, um, but it was totally fun because they had it in an Elvis chapel with an oh. Elvis marrying them so it's awesome. like if you're gonna go to a Vegas wedding you know having an Elvis do it it seems like the only only way to do it like do people go there and just get married by some random schlub you know I, yeah. I can't imagine like the point of that um, but yeah so that, that was super fun so even though I'm not a Vegas fan um, yeah I'm glad I got to do like an Elvis chapel wedding so and it was streaming online and so oh. I told my mom and my sister to watch it and they were all watching it and, like I waved at the camera and they were really excited to oh. see me waving from this Elvis chapel awesome. so yeah so that that was that was really fun and yeah I, I enjoyed that that I, I know because you know, I don't like going to Vegas but I was like yes <laughs> Vegas wedding this is something I'm actually into about Vegas yeah that's amazing yeah Yeah, so that was fun. And they had the reception up at the stratosphere, which I hadn't actually been up in before. So, because it's really neat looking down at the strip from up there. So, so that was fun too. Because I think it's like, I forget how many stories, but like 100 something stories, maybe. Wow. I, I don't know. That sounds really that. great. I don't know. It, it's not that high, but I can't remember. I was already drunk by then. So, oh, but the weirdest thing was so, like, I hate giant, ridiculous vehicles, you know, like big Humvees and yeah. stuff, you know? So, we were at the stratosphere. We just got, had limos take us from the chapel to the stratosphere. And then after dinner, um, we were just going back to New York, New York, where everyone was staying except us. But um, but I was going back with them anyway, and um, we were all just going to get individual cabs until there's only 13 of us to, to get us over there. And then the val the valet guy's like, well, I can call you a car that'll take all of you for a hundred bucks. <laughs> and like, yeah, do you want to do that? It's like, okay. So this giant stretched Humvee pulls up. Like, oh, Jesus, am I getting in that? Am I fucking getting in that? But no, I wasn't because that pulled forward. And then another car, like this big Ford that was even taller and longer and bigger than that, like pulled up behind it. It like dwarfed the Humvee. So it's like, this is crazy. So that was the car we got in. And um, yeah, I, my phone was just about to die. And I just managed to snap a picture of it. But it was the most r- ridiculous thing I've ever been in. So- <laughs> They are really despicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was kind of like, oh my god, I'm in Vegas and I'm in a giant obscene. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the next day we left um, uh, early and I had to get back to LA in time because I was living a childhood dream come true by listener, as you may have heard before. <laughs> I grew up, I got into rock music being into Ugly Kid Joe. That was my first rock band ever and I really feel like that shaped my life because after that I got into Fleetwood more and I got into Mr. Bungle and that's how I met Greg and yeah. you know from there it goes. So I feel like everybody that knows me now you sort of even if you don't care about Ugly Kid Joe that's how we ended up where we are. Other than my friends from school every, everyone else I feel like that's you all you all came off that branch that, that came out of that you know. So I feel like it's very important you know. Mm-hmm. 
and I burnt the singer's name into my arm, which it says it's still there. Yeah, I love <laughs> anyway, it. Anyway, so um, I won't go into all the backstory that brought us here, but now we're at this point. They're about to go uh, play in Australia. They're actually playing in Melbourne tonight, and um, and I was able to get my friends and my sister um, on the guest list, and and I'd already we'd already kind of talked about this before about me being able to go and sit in on a rehearsal mm-hmm. and it hadn't it hadn't materialized before and then I was pregnant and it just kind of yeah, yeah it didn't end up happening and then finally I'm like oh my god okay so now my friends and my sister are all gonna see Ugly Kijo and I'm not because they still haven't played in the US since they got back together so I'm like I have to go I have to do something so I you know got in touch with Wit and he was like yeah absolutely come in come in and so he gave me the time so it was like six o'clock on the Saturday so we made sure we got back from Vegas in time and, and I'm thinking, you know, like, cause I'm mostly like into the first EP and the first album. I'm like, they're just going to do their rehearsal and I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit back and just take whatever comes at me. If I get to hear one of my old favorites, that'll be great. But, you know, just being in the room while they're rehearsing is going to be amazing. So I get there <laughs> and it's like, okay, so we're going to do what we're going to do. Um, and then you could pick four songs off our set list. And I'm like, what? Oh. So, Yeah. So, and I was the only person there to watch other than the band. So, um, and he's like, but don't tell us what you're going to pick because we might play something you would have picked anyway. And they actually, in their own rehearsal, they played this song that they hadn't played in the previous reunion tours that would have been my first choice. They did it anyway. So I didn't have to pick that. Awesome. And so I got to pick four other songs. And then after the fourth song, they're like, what next? So I picked another song. So I got to pick five songs plus another song, like six songs set all for me. Like it was so crazy. So um, I just, yeah. So it's just like, and it sound they sound so good. They sound like like the record, you know. Like it just sounded oh. so fucking fantastic, you know. And I was just oh, and at one point, like the guitar player who I also was like crazy in love with mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. Um, and so when I last saw them in '93, he was standing. I was in the front row, right in front of him, mm-hmm. his side of the stage. And so at one point there was a there was like a case, a, a case with a mixer on it, and um, and Whit moved it out of the way so that I could see Klaus at full length. And I was just like, oh my god, it's like 21 years later, and this is my exact view from that day. It was. Oh. So bizarre, yeah. So it was a super magical experience, and I got my photo taken with the whole band. So and Wit gave me an all access pass, so now I have all access passes from all my favorite bands. Legitimately, I didn't buy them on eBay. Oh, so, <laughs> so that was like yeah, yeah. Like, it's like every time I think all my crazy fan goal things have have got to have hit a peak, you know. It's like everything's happened. You know, I've danced on stage with Supergrass. You know, I've seen my favorite bands in Paris you know what I mean like mm-hmm. every time I think something's happened it's something else crazy happens you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I always think nothing's left but then this kind of I don't know it's fucking insane I mean could you imagine like you get to sit on a super grass rehearsal and they just yeah. like, tell us pick the songs oh, you know could you imagine God. that oh, oh like back when you know I was first newly into them if you had told me anything like that that would have happened was gonna happen I would have passed out so yeah, like yeah. if you could go back twenty years and <laughs> tell your, you know, eighteen-year-old self what or however old you were twenty years ago, 15. what was, yeah, was going yeah. to happen? That would be so insane. Yeah, well, when when we first met Wit, um, so it was four years ago, and he was, um, uh, he was impersonating Neil Hamburger and wearing Greg's new Africa glasses yeah. and then afterwards Greg said what would you have thought if uh, if 15 year old you knew that one day that Wit would be impersonating your husband and I said 
I would have wondered why Wit wasn't my husband. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, and he just looked really annoyed. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's what I would have wondered. <laughs> Wit was supposed to be my husband. <laughs> Earlier today, I told David, I'm so mad at you. He goes, no, you're not. I'm holding ham. <laughs> understand you had a less uh, exciting experience um this week (laughs) a less exciting experience i okay um i yesterday was on this conference call i had i or maybe it's been all week every day this week i've had like three or four conference calls and it's unusual for me i you know they're having they're putting me on new training me new different stuff and I'm having to meet with different people. So these conference calls are hilarious because they always start out with new software that everyone else who I work with almost is all older than me by at least 10 years. And so computers are very hard for them to figure out. And so the first probably 20 minutes is me just on the phone with it muted so they can't hear me snicker and curse at them. But they're, you know, they're like, oh my God. I just don't know. The cursor, I see a blank screen. So it's like 20 minutes of that. And them going, why don't you move? Why don't you touch the space bar and see if the screen comes up? You know, just (laughs) stop until I'm tweeting. This is like tech support for like five of your mothers. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's bad enough with one mother doing this kind of tech support. I tweeted the other day. You know, I'm going to tweet all the way through this because if they can't figure, you know, finagle. And this webinar, then they're not going to know how to get online and figure out oh, what Twitter is. So no. I'm just like, I'm like, this is comedy gold and no one knows it but me. <laughs> yeah. I just wish that I could share that experience with everybody. But I was on so many of them, so many of them. And this, you know, they're saying, they say things like ramp up and, um, like I'm waiting for them to use the word synergy. Cause that's like such business speak, you know, like, but I, <laughs> no one said that yet, but I'm, it's, it's going to come soon, but They'll say things like, I want to touch base with you. And that's annoying. I don't know why I'm annoyed by that, but touch base. There's that one scene and thinking like the second or third episode of the, of the office, the UK office where um, David Brent's like, he's trying to like come up with some excuse about something and he's babbling a bunch of stuff. And then um, his manager goes, that's management, me- uh, that's management speak, David. And I know you don't like that. Because yeah. like, <laughs> he hates it normally, but he's just using it to like fumble his way through this yeah, yeah. That sounds like management speak. I know you don't like it. Was that the was that the first episode when he told her to put the facts in the bin and um, he was making up an excuse or something? I don't know. Something it's it's one of the first I think it would be the first, second or third episode. This like <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like a viable excuse from you. So then yesterday I had my annual review, which always strikes fear in my heart, but I have a new yep. supervisor this year who is super oh. awesome and I love her and even more awesome than your previous one yes wow. <laughs> and um she because this is what she does all the time Jesus God like she like she gets exasperated about all the same <laughs> stuff I do and that's just what she goes to she's like 60 but she's so cool Jesus God and um yeah she I can't say anymore to betray her but um, she's amazing I just love her so oh this is another weird thing um, her name is her name is Carol but I oh, I told her I'm like I always want to call you Cassie why do I want to do that she was that was my nickname growing up 
So isn't that weird? Really? Yeah. So it's one of those yeah. things where I might have a little connection with her somehow. I don't know. But um, she really likes me. And so my review was glowing. And in the, um, well, it wasn't super glowing. Everything met satisfactory, whatever. But the part that said distinguished, like an area in which I stood out, was my communication skills. And it said that I don't use curse words or speak badly about other people's personal lives. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, thank you for not Maybe busting should... me on that. Wow. Yeah, Please so. visit dongtini.com, Cassie. Yeah. I know. There's proof they haven't found my podcast or my Twitter feed. But they said that wow. I'm, I'm fun to work with and very approachable. So well, that was good. Yeah, that was nice. So anyway... Steffi got a good review. Congratulations. I'm surprised you're always, you're always, you're always scared of them because you always seem to get a... Well, you had a few ones where about your internet usage needs to... Uh-huh. Even when they're nice about that, that's a scary review, hearing your internet usage. I know. Um, yeah. I got a call today because I'm off work half this week because, uh-huh. um, because I have to look after Quincy because Greg's away. And, uh, and uh, it was just to find a file, you know, and it just... I'm like, oh my god, is that file there? Did I do that work? I did do that work. That's up on the website now. They can find that file. But just like anytime there's anything that's out of your comfort zone where you have to like let people into your little work world, yeah. you're so worried. Like, oh my god, what will they find? Have I done yes. it? It was fine. The fi- file was there, you know, but I felt bad that I wasn't there to like edit the file as, as was needed, you know? But yeah. it's just like, yeah, it wasn't my fault, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm more worried if tough. they if they go on my hard drive. I'm more worried about you know pictures of hot dogs that they're gonna find. <laughs> <I'm saved laughs> <on there. laughs> I periodically move those things to Dropbox and just get them so they're not on the computer. They're in yeah. the Dropbox. So yeah, I delete them regularly, but I'm constantly saving them on there too. <laughs> so I need all yeah, I think I had time. a big bunch of stuff that I had saved, like when we had a big computer re redo a few years ago and I had a bit of a word and I was given a disc to save my files to so that I wasn't clogging up the work computer <laughs> they're like oh. a disc this must have been a few years ago yes it was <laughs> <laughs> pre pre flash drives falling from the sky um okay so uh I guess was it last weekend yeah I think it was last week or the weekend before um, they inducted a bunch of people into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Kiss was inducted, and Nirvana was inducted, and I don't know anyone else who was inducted other than those two, but because um, I didn't pay that much attention. But I heard um, <laughs> our friend JP said that the um, the uh, the performance, the Nirvana performance, was actually really good. So I was like, well, I'll check this out then. And uh, and on, they're on the YouTube. Like, there's no official broadcast. I don't think it's all just people that were there filming it with their phone cameras, capturing the screen that, yeah. you know, that they were seeing, you know, adjacent to the stage. So, um, so I'm watching that, and um, Joan Jett did "Smells Like Teen Spirit." It sounded awesome. The band sounded really? fantastic, and you know, the guitar sound was right. And you know, obviously, she's not going to sound like Kurt, but she she did a great job. And then, um, then there were a couple other people I didn't know who they were, and you know, they're not going to sound like Kurt again. But you know, they did they did good to okay with it, you know. Then, fucking Kim Gordon comes out to sing Aneurysm, and she just shit on it so hard. She took a bunch of fucking laxatives and just purged all over like this amazing song. I was so pissed off. She's just jumping and bopping around like a little. Spaz and just fucking oh, she sucked 
so much. Do you know what I realized? I'm like, she reminds me of me if I was in a band. Because I used to like what I used to want to be in a band because I liked music and thought bands were cool. The thing is, I have no musical talent. So that's why I shouldn't be in a band. But if I was in a band, oh I would like God. just suck like her. She just sucks like someone who shouldn't be in a band. God, that was infuriating. Oh, God, her vocals this. on that were so aggravating. So, yeah. Like you said, all style, no substance. So, oh, yeah. right, right. Fuck her to hell. Well, what was she wearing, at least? <laughs> I, I think she was wearing a dress, but yeah. <laughs> I really, oh, can't stand. I really want to call her a hag, but is that some anti-feminist ageist thing for me to say? I just hate her, and I—it's I, I, just such a useful word to call her a hag. I'm <laughs> oh. not supposed to say that. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Somebody wag your finger at me and tell me I shouldn't have called her a hag. Um, well, I mean, look at Kiss for Christ's sake. Well, this will even it out. Look at those fucking shriveled old fucks. I mean, oh, you know, they look like hell. They look like Tommy Wiseau, as I tweeted. Oh but I have to confess that Greg Greg uh, thought of that and gave me the picture and said you should tweet that. Oh, <laughs> so, awesome. So, yeah, I'm not just, you know pointing the age blame at just them i mean they look like fucking hell so yeah yeah the whole thing seemed like a bit of a mess and, and when fucking dave Grohl was just babbling on more than anybody oh, of course he was yeah but anyway but yeah, kim gordon's is a nightmare Absolutely. i gotta hear it now very curious nightmare. yes now uh i became aware of a website over the week I don't even know. You must know about this website. Have you, oh. you saw it on the list? Do you know what this is? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I'm so like, glad that you do, too. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I knew about it. I don't know where I saw it posted. Maybe it was something connected to you. To you. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> Covenant Spice. It sounds like a Six Spice Girl, Six Spice Girl. <laughs> Covenant Spice. A Catholic schoolgirl uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Covenant Spice. So Covenant Spice is, uh, well, you talk about it. You tell us. You're the old hat. Well, this, it makes website. me really upset. So I haven't explored it. Like I, you know, I haven't given it any really good proper investigation. But from what I understand, it's like a sex positive thing, but from Christians. And I just yes. hate it when Christians talk about sex. I hate it when they try to, you know, mix <laughs> any theology into it. So um i don't even remember what it said just i i feel like they gave advice for the wedding night and i'm like i remember reading oh. that and just like nope i can't do this anymore so did you get to that section um i didn't get, i didn't get the i just mostly saw like what they what they said they were all about so okay um some couples may feel as though there is a taboo when it comes to shopping for sexual aids, but in a committed, healthy Christian marriage, sex is just one of the ways in which your love and connection can be expressed. Through this website, we are able to offer couples, just like you, access to fun, high-quality sexual aids that will allow you to fully express the love and commitment that you share. We consider ourselves a powerful vehicle for better exploring Christian intimacy, providing our couples with a resource for sex toys that are relationship-focused so that you can be better connect, better communicate, and better enjoy lovemaking. Relationship-focused sex toys. <laughs> so stupid. 
If you're a Christian, lingerie, sex toys, and other sexual products may have previously seemed out of reach because of the stores and the websites where you would have to go to make a purchase, many of which are uncomfortable to visit. Oh, Our website is meant to make the purchase of Christian sexual aids comfortable for married couples, something you can do together from the privacy of your own home. A healthy sexual relationship is part of a healthy marriage. It's important to enjoy each other in the bedroom just as much as you do in other areas of your relationship. As a, as a Christian sex toy shop, we make it fun, safe, and affordable to take your sexual exploration to the next level. There is no nudity or models on our website or on any of our packaging. All orders are shipped in plain boxes and your privacy is completely protected. Browse our website where you'll find everything from erotic massage products and toys to games and books. Grab your spouse and get ready to spice things up. And, and I found something else saying like, yeah, it is... Where I, don't, I maybe I can't find it right away, but it's essentially saying that we ship to like married couples, like almost like it's a it's a requirement that you be married yeah. to um to use their site. Uh, <laughs> that, that, yeah, you know, it's not a covenant otherwise, is it? <laughs> so um, it's just free milk. So um, yeah, so it just looks like I don't know if they're missing certain types of products, but yeah. Let's see, they look like vi there's vibrators, eggs and bullets, other toys. So, you know, they have penis-shaped items. Ooh, fun Factory Felix. Um, oh my. Ah, yeah, no, they, they've, they've got the stuff. It's just uh, there's n nobody holding it or wearing it or looking sexy. <laughs> God. Uh, you know... Yeah, it's smart because Christians will go to that. So they're like, oh, so I don't have to go to, you know, Babeland or dot com or something. I don't know. But it's so, it's such a racket, you know? It's like you're, a, you know, if they call themselves Christians but they're making money off it, it's like I almost don't know whether to be mad or like congratulate them for being so smart at getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, wow, you really opened the door for these people to, <laughs> to get their rocks off. So. So I suppose it's pretty nice. Okay, so um, I wanted to talk about this new fragrance that I've been into. So I know it's weird talking about a fragrance when you can't smell it on a, on a not. podcast. But um, I guess we're doing a lot of things that people can't touch or feel or hold. So um, that's what, wait, why we're good storytellers. So um, are you are you much into are you much into are you much into perfumes uh, yourself? Yeah, I have I have a bunch. You have a bunch, yeah. I, something I didn't get into until maybe the last oh, I want to say maybe eight years, um, and I started getting I started with um, Stella. Actually, no, when I was younger, I was into like some body shop ones, White Musk. I was oh, really yeah. into, and um, and there was this one called Leap that was really really fun fun smelling font you know uh, font uh, scent so um anyway so i kind of dabbled in that for a bit but nothing ever really sticks on me very well you know so i got into like stella by stella mccartney and um and then i really got into burberry brit i think we both have burberry yeah brit, we right? do i have burberry brit red yeah Oh, okay. I, I don't know how that's different, but I think it is slightly different. And then I got this one. It smells like frangipani, and um, <laughs> it's called Kai. So that's like kind of my new, my new regular lately. But then this one, it was the day after I found out I was pregnant. So oh. thankfully, I didn't sm keep smelling it after the um, the morning sickness kicked in. Or otherwise, I would probably hate the whole line. Oh wow! Of the bad, yeah. You know, pregnancy morning sickness associations. <laughs> but anyway, um, but we, we ended up at this perfume show by accident because it was adjacent to a chocolate show we were at. A and, chocolate um, show. And it was just. 
and, and the reason it kind of drew me in was partly because of David, because um, the, the, the company is called Imaginary Authors. Oh. And it really <laughs> reminded me of like David and his novelly bits and yeah. just, you know, just the kind of stuff he could write. So I ended up talking to the guy at the booth and uh, the company was formed uh, sort of for each fragrance. They've come up with a with a with with an imaginary author and, and, and each fragrance is like a book by that author. So it's got like a little backstory and everything to go with oh, it, you know. I love and it. I, yeah. And I just... It really drew me in the whole, the whole thing and the aesthetics are very pleasing to me they've got all these like vintage photos of the of the authors and stuff so i so i they had uh, i think seven at the time uh, i think there's one more that they've added since so i really liked uh, i liked uh, three or four of them mm-hmm. and uh but this one so they bought, i bought a little sample vial it was called the soft lawn the soft and, uh, lawn and, and the soft lawn and oh. so the 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 what did you think I said? L A W N. L A W N. Yeah. Yeah, that is what I said. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sounds yeah. funny. I like it. Yes, soft lawn. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so this is a little blurb from the from the uh, from the story of this. It's like so the book is supposedly by the imaginary author is Claude Lecoq. Um, <laughs> Claude Lecoq. Total coincidence that I am into the one that's written by Claude Lecoq. Um, Claude Lecoq published his first book, The Soft Lawn, in 1916 while still attending Princeton University, a controversial portrait of adolescent upper-class rebellion in New England. The coming-of-age story follows Hampton Perry, a charmingly snotty college tennis champ who, after years of having everything handed to him on a silver platter, finds himself handing it all back. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the made up story. Of I love that soft lawn. <laughs> yeah, I knew totally, that totally seems like up your alley. David would have written. It's, exactly, so exactly. That was what was so extra appealing to me about it. Aww. So, um, anyway, so, nice. so the notes on this, the, the uh, in this uh, in this fragrance, uh, it has linden blossom, laurel, and ivy leaves, vetiver. I don't even know what that is. Oak mm-hmm. moss, and then get this. Fresh tennis balls and clay court. Stop it. Like, <laughs> yes, this fragrance, I think I'll have to give you a spray and send it to you in the mail. Um, but this fragrance, it like, it, you know the lifestyle we've talked about, we aspire to one day where we're yes. ladies of leisure and, and we sit by the pool and just drink cocktails. This isn't for by the pool. There's no pool around. This is a very grassy, uh-huh. you know, but it's outdoor. And I just... I feel like I'm in that life when I when I when I wear this fragrance. You know what I mean? That's oh, what I really I love, love about it. it. It just it takes me to that place, and it lasts on me like no other fragrance I've ever had does. Because I feel like I'm like a I, like I'm a scent vacuum that it just gets yeah. absorbed into my system, and I'm it doesn't smell like anything ten minutes after I've put it on. But this lasts for like a good six hours. And the other day at work, I didn't have my little top up spritz, and I was like, oh, it's going away, it's going away. But it just puts me in such a good mindset like a friend of mine's like i don't understand fragrances why people just want to smell nice but i find they really affect my mood you yeah know, they really make me feel a certain way mm-hmm. and this i think is the biggest impact on me of any any fragrance i've ever owned you know oh i love that so, yeah yeah so i really want to share it and it's a small company it's a company in portland um and it's uh, this one guy josh meyer and i think he does everything so he came up with all the fragrances and then somebody helped him came up with the idea to you know how to sort of you know come up with the concept of these imaginary authors so but i think he's making them and he's shipping them and and, and all of that so it's a nice to, to support a small uh, perfumery yeah. so um 
Yeah, imaginaryauthors.com, and you can look and you can see all the different um, the different characters and their fragrances. And um, so awesome. Yeah, I highly recommend it if you can find a, a stockist in your town. So I think there's one in Seattle, but there's a bunch more in Portland because he's based in Portland. So yeah, so that's my my new favorite thing. Um, one that I wear a lot that I I partly love because it was from that summer in 2008 when you and I followed Supergrass around, but it was the night uh-huh. Neil Hamburger played the knitting factory when it was still in in lower let's see midtown or something but um there was a yeah. girl there at the show and i was like what are you wearing what what is your perfume and she told me it was this oil from whole foods called musk amber and so i like scoured all the i went to whole foods in portland couldn't find it there finally found it in seattle and um oh, cool. it reminds me of that night because that was such a fun trip and so that's one that yeah 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 you know i'm really into um into, into yeah fragrant memory associations there's this can of this scent this impulse it's like i don't know what the american equivalent is but just you know those cheap tin cans of spray that teenage girls use yeah. probably like the girl equivalent to, to axe body spray <laughs> the designer um, imposters yeah, so or something what is it the designer imposters is that what they are? The um, they are I, like ripoffs of actual fragrance, like perfumes that are. They're not even ripoffs. They're just like cheap cans that you get, like just to like just, just body spray uh-huh. to just you know like they're, they're inexpensive. They're just not supposed to be that fancy, but they have, you know, I don't know. I don't even know that they have that as much here as they do there. But Impulse is this brand of spray there that you know all teenage girls are just like showering in. Yeah, we have it. So there was this one called Vive that I was into uh-huh. for a while. And um, and I guess I was using it when I was on that Mr. Bungle tour in 1996 when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So now, like, this, the can is dead, but the smell is still there. It's been 18 years. Oh, wow. But, and I get so, Greg was so, I was like, no, no, you can't throw that out. And, like, and I just open it and I have a little smell. And I'm like, oh, oh, you go straight back. back in the Mr. Bungle. I go straight back. You know, it's like, I'm not even thinking of anything in particular, but just that... I, a feeling it's just a feeling of being back there you know yeah absolutely and i I love that and also i had another one because this cocoa butter i was rubbing on my belly i had an unopened um container Uh and i thought i could give it to to to, um, whopper junior's wife um, (laughs) she's pregnant as i mentioned before this Uh was unused but i opened a smell and i was like oh my god it's my pregnancy like that is what my pregnancy smelled like because i was like just wearing it so i i I took a knife and i took a little scoop and put it in a sample jar i had and i said it's totally untouched by human hands but i just needed to save a little bit for the smell oh that's so (laughs) nice oh yeah sweet yeah so yeah so anyway i'm i'm really into fragrance i'm a big fan feelings it provides yes so totally. i just wanted to share my my new love of imaginary authors <laughs> i'm gonna go straight and he gave there. me another sample of another one called um cape heartache that oh. one i really like too yeah it, like it had a strange smell on me at first mm-hmm. but then it kind of sat it sat and i was like yeah yeah and then i topped it up and i was like really into it so other names are the violet disguise that's another great one yeah Bull's blood. So yeah. Oh god, I love this. Check it out, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll be all over this shit. You can at least get some samples if you can't afford a whole bottle. So yes. Okay. So I'm a little concerned, Stephanie. Oh. Well, I just feel like ever since we've like sort of really come clean and had our segment dongs in the news. I just feel like we're getting hit with dongs left, right, and center. You know what I mean? <laughs> Every turn is a fucking 
dong news slapping us in the face. And <laughs> I wish. And I'm just feeling like maybe this show won't be about anything but dongs, you know, by you know, by the end of the end of the year. You know what I mean? I just feel like there's too many dongs <laughs> to report and everyone's reporting them to us. It's an embarrassment of like riches. This is our duty. It is an embarrassment of riches of dongs in the news. But you know what, people? It's dong teeny. Dong teeny. Let's not forget the teeny. The teeny has a great value. It's half of the name. Dong is four letters. Teeny is the other four letters. So we just had an introspective, insightful segment on fragrance. So there's our teeny. <laughs> now, back to the dongs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know you've heard about this this insanity and I it's hard, it's you don't really want to laugh at it because it's really sad, but it has to be mentioned as a dong in the news. The uh the rapper Andre Johnson yeah. severed his penis and then jumped off a building. Yeah. That was sad. And then Wu Tang was, was like, That is not rad. We do not associate ourselves with him and they're totally mean about it. <laughs> oh no! That's fucked up. That's not the kind of support he needs. But they they got the penis too, and they tried to reattach it. But uh, it I believe late, the actual right? quote was, "His penis was unable to be saved." Oh, <laughs> yeah. That guy's gasp in bad yeah. space. Yeah. Now. And, before, since we're talking about a severed penis, uh, before we move into the next dongs in the news, we can't speak of it yet, but you have seen the final member. You've done your dong teeny homework. It played in Seattle. You, uh-huh. You've seen the final member. And I'm going to go see it, I think, Monday or Tuesday Yay. when it's playing here. Uh, so, everybody, the do- final episode. member is the documentary about the penis museum in Iceland. Yes, and the race to get the first human penis in it. I can't believe you know. I can't believe I'm actually like talking to somebody who knows the answer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, my God. Oh, That's I so know funny. who wins. I know who wins. <laughs> I, like, totally I saw having, like, lots of wieners in the final <laughs> member. <laughs> oh, boy, I so can't wait to talk about this. Okay, soon, soon, soon. Okay. The other dongs in the news, these are multiple dongs affected by a single product. Um, uh, there was a natural energy drink in Australia that has been banned because um, it uh, contained a um, erectile dysfunction drug at levels above the recommended dosage. Oh, that's dosage. hilarious. Because I have a friend... They just put it in there! My friend here in America told me that he feels like that five-hour energy stuff is like budget Viagra. He's like, every time I take this, really? I get a massive boner that doesn't go away for a while. Wow. <laughs> it's not David who That's told me funny. that. Just for the record. <laughs> it's not Greg either. It's funny, I actually... N- I know a guy who is is a massive boner who is in the five-hour energy commercial. So. <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Very interesting. So yeah, that um, yeah, they're just calling it a natural drink and putting actual medication in it and causing boners all over the place. So all over yeah, the they, place. They, they <laughs> <laughs> I like when you say that. You just picture them going doing, 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 I mean, Australia yeah, yeah, yeah. is not just a country; it's a continent. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. Full of that's bones. Right. When you said across the whole continent, then it just, I think because, yeah, I heard somebody reference hands across America yesterday, and so then it just made me think of dongs across America. <laughs> <laughs> All joined end to end. Yeah. What was the deal with Hands Across America? Did everyone, do you know, we, when did this happen? Yeah, I seem and to remember that, but I don't know. It was, was it like everyone holding hands. It was like shit. a big link of, of everybody holding hands, like across the states, like I continuously. It was a continuous line of people holding hands. Yeah, I don't know how, like how was, the hell they thought that would ever work. And I, I don't know what it was for, some kind of awareness, but like the AIDS quilt like or something. There was some way we could find this out. <laughs> If only there's some way. <laughs> Gosh, well, I, I'm gonna ask around to some Let's people. Let's just speculate a little more. See if we can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, now we talked um, previously um, about the World Vision thing and people, you know, the Christians that left and stopped donating because they said they're going to help the gays and and that whole debacle. Um, but I forgot to mention when we revisited it mm-hmm. was that I, um, after our first episode where we talked about it and you said you sponsored a child through World Vision, I went and sponsored a child through Plan, um, which is a, a secular group, but they do the same same kind of thing. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so I just want to say, you know, like people like talk about, oh, yeah, blah, 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 everyone should go out and do that, and that's fuck, but yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm doing my <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, yeah, I went out that, like, I was just so mad about it. I was like, fuck these people, I, I'm going to sponsor a child. And I, and I decided, I said, I'm going to give up Starbucks. Like, I'm just, because I just don't, oh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a coffee addiction. I, I don't have a coffee addiction, so I was like, I don't have to have it. You know, I just sort of like having it. So I was like, if Greg says we can't afford it, then I'll just give up Starbucks. But he said I didn't have to give up Starbucks. <laughs> we could just do it anyway. Yeah. So that's good. But I haven't been having it as much anyway. But um, yeah, but I thought it was really awful though. And I saw this, I looked on the World Vision site as well. When you go to the site, it's like, you know, you click the thing, sponsor a child. And there's a picture of a child and a little bit of something about them. And it's mm-hmm. like, see another child. I'm like, who clicks that? I know. Who the fuck this clicks that? This one's like, too dark. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this one doesn't look sick enough. Uh, this one, like, oh, I was just like, I didn't even read the, like, I was so sh- horrified by that that I didn't even, like, read the profile of the kid. I'm like, I'll get all the information later. i just like, yes, yes, okay, yeah. this kid's fine. So, yeah, that was really, yeah, such a bummer. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll take any kid. So, so we got a, I got a little boy. I think he's about eight years old. But mm. anyway, yes. Yeah, so, uh, if you wanted to counter that, you know, and didn't want to, you know, deal with World Vision after that debacle, there are other places like Plan and. Yeah, it was really good though. Like, you know, I, these pricks on the street that are always trying to get you to sign up for shit and donate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate them. I fucking the pricks hate them. On the street. Anyway, they are the pricks on the street because they are getting paid per sign up. They act like they care about the environment. Hey, do you have a few minutes for the environment? No, I hate no, the I environment. Don't. Fuck you for making me feel bad. Anyway, so this guy was like trying to cost me for another, another um, child sponsorship program. And so I just kind of stuck it to him I was like oh I just signed up with plan last week and I just said so I'm done you know and, and I'm and I've got my own baby in front of me so it's yeah. like you know I've got my own baby and I've got a a, a baby from Ghana so fuck off I got a baby from you know? Ghana and he's still like I have a baby from Ghana so um yeah but just those people but my new policy and I haven't got to use it yet is <laughs> to say um I don't sign up with anything on the street nice so like 
that's just yeah. My there's policy. nothing they can Sorry, really say to say that. that. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Once I was this guy was just like a random prick standing outside the store who was a little bit creepy but um he said to carrie and me once we were walking by he goes are you ladies in a buying mood and carrie goes i'm in an ignoring mood and it was so <laughs> awesome we still say that all the time <sighs> it's so hard because they come across so friendly but it's such a lie like the friendliness is a lie you know? hey They're you have one minute friendly. for the environment yeah as if that's gonna take one minute yeah and, yeah <laughs> Maybe in my new my, what I was I talking about last totally week with self-esteem and worrying about what people <laughs> You what? I just totally betrayed the fact that I do not have one minute even for the environment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have a minute for them, they're just gonna give you money, you know? Oh, yeah. But I, I wish I could like exercise that my new of my new idea of trying not to care about what other people think, you know, and just be comfortable. It's like, I know I care about the environment, you know. Yeah. I don't need these pricks guilting me into it. So when they say, do you have a minute for the environment, why can't I just say, no, I hate the environment, and walk off? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, they just, like, leave them in the dust. I would love to say that. No, I hate the environment. <laughs> <laughs> said that and anyone heard it nobody would even think i was serious because it, it sounds so absurd you know but that's my dream to get some fucking balls that i can say that so, oh i want to use that too if you don't mind yeah. if i get the sure. chance <laughs> knock yourself out and say okay so um i don't know somebody posted this on facebook during the week and actually i'd actually wanted to bring this up on the show before and it uh i just hadn't got around to putting it on the document um but npr did a piece i guess it was um called tarred and feathered and they did uh i don't know what the first part was talking about but the second part was um talking to a 19 year old who is a pedophile and he has i realized he was a pedophile from the time he was about maybe 11 or 14 i think but from that age he was realized he molested he was, what's that do, do you know if he was molested he says he was not molested everything in his life was okay. quite, completely normal he just okay had realized he had this attraction so i think when he's about 14 he started right. getting on the internet and finding child porn and he was watching oh, all this wow. child porn and then he wow. finally saw something involved an 18 month old and oh. that was when he was just like he wanted to like kill the person doing that mm -hmm. like, he, he, like the wrongness i think it, i think the stuff he was watching was more like kids playing with kids so i think it kind of mm -hmm. didn't seem as wrong to him you know and i think mm -hmm. that this thing finally struck him like he needed help and so he wanted help so he wrote a letter to his mother he's terrified and says i, I need to see a counselor mm, yeah. and um he didn't say why and so he sees the counselor and the counselor like gets him to repeat it she can't believe what he's saying and you know he repeats wow. it and um so he's never offended he's never touched anybody he's just you know he wants mm -hmm. he's got the attraction and he's he's watched a child porn and so he's trying to stop even doing that and um and the therapist kind of talked to him and trying to like well has this happened to you is it this is it that and and you know and yeah he said his he said his attraction is children from like eight to three you know like this is what he's he's mm -hmm. dealing with you know and so when you hear that you're just like you're, you're instantly disgusted to hear it to think that anyone wants mm -hmm. to do that but um but he's not doing anything and he's trying to get help so the therapist saw him a second yeah. time brought the mother in even though he was scared and didn't really want to tell the mother so the mother's thankfully supportive and trying to help and yeah. it's just impossible there's no research about pedophiles and their 
you know, sort of how they get to be the way they are. Do you know what I mean? Like the n- amount of research on them is 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 next to nothing. And, okay. and there's no kind of treatment for it. So this, yeah. and I th- I'd wondered this before. So if you feel this way, everybody knows it's wrong. We're all in a society where we know that that is fucking not okay yeah. to, to harm a child. And you have this compulsion and how do you get help? You've got to fucking figure this out on your own. I feel like that's, if you want to protect children, I feel like there needs to be a lifeline for them. To, to, to prevent yeah. them from doing this, you know, but it's such a hard jump because you like you feel like you're just like a pedophile sympathizer. Nobody wants to be that either, you know what I mean? And that sure. it also comes from the stigma of the whole thing that even if you're not doing it, you're afraid if you say something in any way sympathetic that you're gonna sound yeah. like you're, you're 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 in cahoots with them, you know? It's such a sticky subject, but I mean, if the the bottom line is that we want to help children and stop children from being mm-hmm. um, attacked, like I, this, I feel like this really needs. To to happen there really needs to be understanding non-judgmental people who say right. just like any other any sexual orientation straight gay foot fetish any kind of whatever you're into this is what you have and you can't just you know it's like you know you can't take the gay out of somebody maybe you can't take the pedophile out of someone i don't know because they haven't done the research on it you know right and right. If, it's, if it's a similar kind of thing then you can't just say well don't do it you know and punish them if they do, you know? So I don't know how, I wondered how you feel about that because I know you have a lot of strong feelings about, about you know, abuse and you see a lot of victims of abuse in yeah. your job and, um, and it's hard to sort of, you know, talk about being sensitive in any way, but I feel like if we want to save children, we kind of have to be. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to the pedophile question, a few weeks ago, I was, I think I talked about it on here, I met with my friend who was a victim and um, a human rights lawyer who had come up from Portland to work on this case where my friend and a bunch of other women are accusing someone of molesting them when they were young. Right. And so this human, right, human rights lawyer came up and she was saying things like, she was talking about the pedophiles with um, a degree of compassion that I really respected because she is coming from this perspective. I mean, she's obviously like a really tough lawyer and she's a victim herself and she's, you know, not going to make excuses for anybody's bad behavior. But she said, we can't understand these urges that these people have. You know, she goes, I have clients that say, you know, well, tell me about their stuff. Like you said, attracted to three to eight year olds. And, you know, that sounds so sick to us, but this is how their brains work. And they, you know, many of them want to be productive members of society and they don't want to harm. And they're so pulled by these things. So I, I really appreciated that a prosecutor would also have that insight, you know? Yeah. Yes, I know. And as, um, I don't know if you saw the movie Capturing the Freedmans. It was a documentary about um, molestation ring in Staten Island or something like that um, is it in on the Netflix? 70s and 80s. I got. I don't know if it is, um, but it. Um, I got it from the library when I saw it. So it's a documentary where this man was convicted eventually and put in prison. And when at towards the end, this isn't a big spoiler alert or anything, but. Um, she, but they were asking the prison, you know, let in the camera crew. And as he was being interviewed, the guy who'd been convicted, he said, there's a little boy over there waiting to talk to his dad. And I'm just getting really turned on just looking at him. Oh. Like he said that on camera. And you're just like, it just made you realize how real that is. And, you, you know, you, yeah. you don't, it's just not in our culture. It is so taboo. And yet 
it, it, like you said, this isn't, our culture isn't set up to help these people in any yeah. proactive way where they, you know, so I'm glad that they did that segment. It, was it called Tarred and Feathered? On it's NPR, called Tarred and Feathered. Yeah, yeah. I'll put, we'll okay. put a link to I have it to on listen the to it. Yeah, it's just the whole, it's mostly the interview with the, um, with the 19, he's actually started a support group and the support group is only for people who haven't uh, offended um, somebody mm-hmm. wanted to join them and they're like younger people too they're like under 25s um, yeah. and uh, somebody wanted to join and they had offended and they, they wouldn't they didn't want him in the group so yeah um, but it's like eight it's eight eight guys and one girl but um wow. but yeah and like and I think most of them are attracted to adults as well but they still have this thing as well that's you know yeah hanging over them you know and i mean and if it is uh, you know something like an orientation like you can't just turn it off you know mm-hmm. so um it's just the reason you can't go along with it is because it requires uh, someone who can't consent so you know mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. why you can't unfortunately go along and do, do make that okay like you can with any other sexual interest if you find someone willing you know you can't do that so um yeah, but I mean, I'm just, I, I'm hoping that this is, because as I said, I already thought of this, but I feel like this is the way to prevent it, you know, is to yes. have, have this uh, this kind of stuff available to people to, to nip it in the bud, so to speak, because, yeah, yeah otherwise, they, they, I imagine they just end up suffering in silence until they end up just bursting oh, and, and acting upon that's it. That's you know? the worst. Yes, yeah. being alone in it is, as we all know, with anxiety or depression or anything, grief, you know, just being alone in it, thinking you're the only one. Is, is what makes it unbearable. And then that's when I think drastic things start to happen. Yeah. You just can't handle that. So like for them to have community and I think that's how they'll get better and yeah, um, just be able to talk about it. It just does wonders. Cause I think, cause you think with anything else, if you're an alcoholic, you know, first step, you have to admit you have a problem. Well, if you're a pedophile, try finding someone to admit that you have a problem to. I mean, you can admit it to yourself, but you know, it's not the beginning of any support you're going to get. You know what I mean? It's just that something that we hold as, I mean, not just for alcoholism, but anything, the only way you can improve is to admit you have a problem. You can't do that if you're a pedophile. So, um, and so I, but I just think, you know, for us, we just need to at least, like I I posted a link to that and somebody commented, well, maybe it's just me, but I just want to like throw the ball in a pit and you know let them rot. Oh. And, and I'm just like, yeah, people mm. offended. Yeah, I, I I would love to do that too, but yeah. that's not gonna help any kids. You know what I mean? Like you're not. We yeah. understand that feeling, that that desire for revenge that we feel when we know some what's happened. But if you really care, you have to you have to just put yeah. your emotions to to aside, and that does require like trying to be sensitive and generous, which is so hard yeah, on this subject. That could be but you. Yeah. I mean, that could have been us. That could have been this person saying she wants to, or he wants to throw him in the pit. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been her or him exactly. <laughs> having these attractions. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to help anybody. Just t- t- so I think if we as a as a whole can at the at the very least try and like I mean no, but that's the thing you don't hear about anybody until they've already offended and by then they're the devil. So you know mm-hmm. it's too late. But just I, I just feel if we could at least cre- I just want to spread this idea that we don't 
get jumped to hate on people who haven't even done anything yet and that they're creating room for them to sort of come out and deal with the problem and not hurt people so that's sort of what yeah. I'm what I'm striving for with that so and that's why I posted it and I actually got a great response everyone that commented cool. on it seemed to agree and apparently NPR hasn't had any negative response from the piece Good. either so yeah so uh, I'm well, glad I have that to read this now I'm sad I missed it on your wall yeah yeah <sighs> But uh, mm. yeah, but I hope I hope this dialogue continues about it for, for all the yeah. safety of our children. So yeah. Ugh, seriously. Seriously. That probably requires like fade out music before returning. <laughs> <laughs> the Batman. Or um, like California Dreamin' or something, because <laughs> of yeah, yeah, um... yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, um, okay, so um, we talked about Korean spas last week, and you getting invited yeah. to hang out with the girls at the Korean spa, and we were both <laughs> horrified by that. And when I was editing, I was struck by. Um, I mean, I think I kind of, I kind of heard it when you first said it, but it really struck me when I was editing that somebody's saying, "Oh, you know, it's everybody's beautiful." Like you're just enjoying the beauty of women's enjoying bodies, each other's bodies. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? If you're just gonna, if anyone was sort of saying that, you know, about all women in general, then I find that's just kind of a lie, and it's patronizing. Do you know what I mean? It's like I have fat oh, rolls. Yeah. I've recently discovered back rolls. You know, it's like it's saying, oh, everyone's beautiful. It's like, well, one, now you're judging my body. Just if you happen to find it beautiful, well, that's nice. But guess what? Not everybody's going to, and I know that. You know what I mean? So I find it yeah. still judgmental, even if you say it's beautiful. You're still looking at it and assessing it, and you've decided in your hippie dippy bullshit way that my fat rolls are beautiful. Well, I'm glad you have such low standards, but you know, these are, these are not society's standards. I don't meet them. I'm not comfortable in them. Stop patronizing me with saying my that's body awesome. is beautiful. <laughs> like, that's how I feel. It's like it would be nice if the body could just 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 be like a thumb, you know? Like nobody if people could just like a thumb. Like just like if everyone had just had their thumb sitting on a table, like you had to like vote on something by giving it a thumbs up. Nobody's fucking judging a thumb. It's just like whatever, yeah. the thumb is there. Actually, yeah, no one is self conscious about their thumb. No, no, no. So it's like if we could be that about the bodies, then I think I'd be okay. But I know that's not happening. Somebody's either enjoying the look of it thinking it's not very great or deciding it's beautiful because all women's bodies are beautiful you know just i just don't want any of those thoughts happening for my body among a group of friends or people i don't know i, I don't need that i know that that's what's happening i know how minds work i have one of my own it does things like that so um that's yeah so funny but I, actually after i said like nobody judges a thumb there is one thumb that I have judged. Um, it was, oh, let's hear it. Um, in, in Australia, we don't have governors. We have premiers of the state. So the premier, this guy, Steve Brax, got, um, won the election. And as he was going yeah. up to give his victory speech, he looked to someone and gave a thumbs up. And it looked like his thumb, it just like it started from like the metacarpal <laughs> bone, like the third bone that's all hidden in the in the palm. Yeah. It looked like it was that big. He just gave it. It was like the biggest thumb I'd ever seen. It was so big. I was like, whoa. And like I turned to Greg and I was like, did you see his thumb? And he was like, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like... <laughs> 
so the whole time he was in power, I was always hoping to see his thumb. And like it was my dream to like meet him one day and just give him a thumbs up so that he would reciprocate and I could see the thumb again. But I never really saw the thumb again. Except for this so one moment. So it wasn't a media scandal? No one else noticed it? No one noticed it! <laughs> No, That's I noticed. Disappointing. I, think, I think Danny Kay might have noticed it. Somebody pied him in the face. You know how like they like to do to political figures, and Danny Kay reported yeah. it back to me. He took it in the stride <laughs> with one big swipe of his mighty thumb. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, so that I have judged a thumb. So um, that just goes to show if a thumb isn't even safe. I mean, you know, our bodies are for sure. <laughs> Oh my okay. god. Okay, this is funny. I was talking to someone recently kind of about the subject and I go I said and I honestly believe this that I think that all my closest friends are gorgeous. Uh-huh. And I and so I don't I mean that's got to be some kind of psychological bias or something, right? Or do I just pick gorgeous people? Yeah, to you're just really fucking towards? shallow. You're really what? shallow. <laughs> Is it because I like them so much that they're gorgeous to me? Or do I like them so much because I think they're physically gorgeous? Like, what is it? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Anyway, I think uh, you're gorgeous, Simone. Thank you. <laughs> I'm judging your body. <laughs> thank you. No, I don't mind that. I don't mind the face part. Just just the naked part I have a problem with. <laughs> Gosh. Well, that's really sweet. Thank you. I like that. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah. I think I try not to, you know, uh, pass judgment on on my friends' appearances. You know what I mean? Like I think I feel bad yeah, to, yeah. unless I mean I just say if they were attractive or, or or whatever. But I feel like I don't know I feel like I try not to think about it too much. But I definitely appreciate and will show appreciation like when they looking great and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I've given them like an overall assessment. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like the people that I really like the most, guys or girls, never see them, I'm like, oh my god, they look so good. <laughs> so, I mean, it might, I don't know if it's because I just love them or if they really just look that good, so. Yeah, that's I don't know. very interesting. Yeah, because I mean, sometimes you see people that you know are really, really unfortunate looking, and then you know that, you know, there are, that their significant other really does find them beautiful, you know what I mean? And hell, I, 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 I thought Dave Grohl was a gorgeous man, you know, and that man uh-huh. is ugly as sin. And that's just a fact. But but to me, because I was just so taken with his songs and his personality, I just thought he was a beautiful man. So, you know, I think it's a yeah. combination. Some people, you know, their their looks manifest through uh, their personality. So, Well, like David and Greg love to make fun of Gaz because they know we love him. <laughs> I know. So they just don't understand that he is a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man to us. It's beautiful music. Okay, so you had a cake. I had a cake. Um, this listener, to who is a stranger to this concept, Simone has a term for misplaced logic. When you have this instant of thinking something should work a certain way, then you realize how fucked it is, how it's completely backwards. So, um, for some reason we, we won't go into, she calls those cakes. But I had a cake today when I was on the bus. I looked at my phone, and the way the sunlight was hitting my phone screen... I could see how dirty it was. And I go, oh, I should take a screen cap of that. (laughs) So that I can show somebody how dirty my phone is. (laughs) That was a total cake. That was a cake. (sighs) Every time you tell me what... Every time you 
you tell me one. I'm always slightly nervous. It's not going to be one. It's it not took going to so be one because they weren't for so long. I couldn't get the concept down to what it was. She's like, no, that's not quite. You're you're like you're very encouraging. You're like close, close, but you know this is what would make it an actual cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, that's totally a cake. Congratulations, that's a good one. Thank you, thank you. Okay, well, um, on that note, I guess we're going to wrap things up. We've gone a bit longer than I expected, but hopefully it's worth your while. Um, um, I just want to mention, though, usually, um, you know, we just play our closing songs and, and we don't we don't really speak about them. But I always pick the, we've never told the people, have we, that I pick the even-numbered ones and you pick the odd-numbered ones. Unless it's a special yeah, event or something. Told. Yeah, so 106 it's my choice and uh i've got a it's an unreleased brian wilson song for you stephanie and oh. I know you, you, you love brian wilson and um <laughs> yeah so i think you're going to be in for a bit of a treat and um oh, Lord. next episode um yeah you can tell a listener um how you liked it so is we'll this going to be like the- his rap in the 80s my name's Brian Wilson, and I'm here to say that I like to party in the USA. <laughs> yes, yes, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you did it or not. So. I oh, I love this song. <laughs> so, and it's very sad. It's so, so it's right sad. up my alley. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Unfortunately, it was like I was hoping you would be like, "Oh wow, what's it gonna be?" and hoping you'd never heard it, and then just the, the, the ensuing horror was what I was hoping for. But anyway, we'll let you listen to it, uh, listener, this week, and then we'll uh, discuss next week. So uh, please visit dongtini.com for any supplementary material, and um, call the dong line three two three three zero one dong. Dong is a wiener. And if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, do click the uh, Amazon link on dongtini.com first, and then we'll get a kickback, and then we can pay for our bills. Yay! So, until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye!
Thank you, you were just fine.